0: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small, a podcast about brand development, entrepreneurship, and innovation in the modern world. In this episode, I am joined by Mahbad Magadam, a Forbes 30 Under 30 member and a co-founder of Genius, a social platform for annotating text. Hello, and thank you for joining the Starting Small podcast. I'm joined by Mahbad Magadam. Hey, thank you so much for doing the podcast with me. The sure, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so Mahbad, he... He's a co-founder of Genius, which is very well known today for inspiring the youth and annotating different texts. I kind of want to start out, where were you? You, were, you graduated from Yale in 2004 and then graduated from Stanford Law School in 2008. Is that correct? Yeah. Gotcha. And then right after this, you were an attorney
1: for a short time, right? Was that a year? About nine months. But, you know, is was no one was really working. Basically, as soon as I got uh, into training was when uh, Bear Stearns shut down. Yeah. New Brothers shut down.
0: Gotcha. And then Genius came right around this time in 2009. And your co-founders were Tom and Elon. And how did you know them?
1: Uh, well, Elon, they were two years younger at Yale. So Elon, I knew, uh, in college, he was roommates with my boy, Rod, who is my friend from Arabic class. Okay. And then Tom was his friend. Tom, I didn't know, but Tom knew me. Tom was a fan of my blog and my Facebook. I was uh early Facebook power user. So he was kind of like, uh, my, 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 lurking Facebook fan. Yeah. So what would you do on your blog and Facebook? What was it typically about? Uh, I was trying to be Ernest Hemingway. A lot of it was poetry, trying to write funny essays, weird stuff. I was basically trying to get a girlfriend. (laughs) Gotcha. So around what time
0: and how was Rap Genius formed from the start?
1: I, I was on a furlough from my firm. The firm was like, we'll give you one third of your salary. Go do whatever you want. Go intern for Warren Buffett. Oh my gosh. And, uh, then you know, I was supposed to go to Omaha, but then uh, the same night was when Tom built Genius. He came up with the idea based on me telling him the meaning of some lyrics. And he stayed up all night. The next morning it was ready. And I put up a Cameron song. I made a bunch of incorrect annotations on it. <laughs> what, what song was that? Uh, well, so the song that inspired it is called Family Ties. Okay. That's, that's the line I explained to him where he's like, wait, there should, there should be a website for this. <laughs> and these are all from the Purple Haze album. It came out in
0: 2004.
1: Okay. And the first song I put up was not Family Ties. It was Kill a Kill a Kim was basically the single from the album, and also it had Kanye West on it. So already, at that time, already Kanye was a budding star. So yeah. we thought we would put up the single with Kanye as the first song.
0: Jeez, it's crazy. And then around this time, internet wasn't very well known. So how did you guys know how to kind of work around this and function your website? Like, how did you learn? Because there's not YouTube back then where we could learn. There was,
1: there was YouTube. Internet was already pretty hot. The things that weren't hot were phones. That's true. Stuff wasn't really on phones. When we start, first started Genius, we didn't even have a mobile site. Wow. Uh, the first, uh, that, But then again, I think about a, a few months after we started is when Instagram started. Oh, wow. And they yeah. were the first ones to kind of get that phone is what makes you cool. Yeah. I think... I'm pretty sure Instagram was the first thing that launched the app before the website. Okay. And their website still isn't that good. Like they just did some updates, but for some reason they never want to make it that great. Yeah. But yeah, at that time people weren't really into phones and then no one knew how to code. Like I remember when I, I first met Tom because he was Elon's roommate. Yeah. And Elon's like, uh, Il- Elon was visiting his grandparents. So he's like, Tom's getting home tonight. You're gonna love it. You guys are gonna love him. So I sat with him for a while, and I was like, "Wow, you know, this kid is kind of a prick. Like he's kind of a weird." So I told that to Elon the next day, and then Elon was like, "Tom knows how to code. You idiot! You have to be his friend. He's gonna be rich." And I was like, "Wait!" Hey. And I'd never even thought to—I, I, it never—I wasn't an internet guy, so I never—it never occurred to me like, "Oh, there's people who actually build these websites." And then, yeah, wait. So this guy can build websites. That's insane. And That's back crazy. then, no one could do it. Like now, I meet uh, you know kids in their early twenties. Everyone, it seems like, knows how to code. Even like English majors. Yeah. But back then, I'll, I'll, the only interaction I had, I had one roommate from my year who took like intro to computer science, mm-hmm. and he got a C. <laughs> and we were like I was like why did you even take intro to computer like you want to be tech support or something yeah like when I graduated no one even thought of tech as a job basically everyone wanted to work for Goldman Sachs that was okay. the ultimate dream job if you were a 2004 yaley
0: <laughs>
1: gotcha it's funny though because I had classmates so my class had the founder of Pinterest Wow. And uh, Mike, Mike Seibel, he was actually my friend. Uh, We were in the Yale political union together. He's the CEO of Y Combinator now. And also Justin Kan, who started Twitch. Wow. That's insane. So around
0: 2011, you you guys had the thing rolling around 2011. And you guys reached out to Y Combinator. Is that right?
1: Well, we applied to YC in 2010 and got rejected. Okay. And then Justin Kan, who I, I went to school with him, but I didn't know him. But he wrote a blog post basically saying, I love rap genius. Yeah. And I was living in Berkeley at the time. Tom and Alon were in New York. So I emailed Justin and he's like, yeah, I come to the Twitch office. So I went to his office and he was like, yo, you guys should apply for Y Combinator. And he told him, yeah, we applied, we got rejected, we just decided we're going to start monetizing. And he's like, no, no, apply again, I apply again. So I didn't even know you could apply again, but we applied again and got in. Wow. Now that's something I'm I'm kind of a big uh, Y Combinator advocate. Yeah. That's kind of one of the rules. Like you have to just keep on applying. And you need to get FaceTime with someone who's connected. It's way better than just like, you know, cold, cold application. Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, yeah, I think it's the best place to start. I'm affiliated with Mucker Capital, which is kind of like the Alt Y Combinator. And they're really cool too. They had a huge, huge exit, $5 billion exit last year with Honey. So they're blown up. Wow. But- YC is like the Harvard of startups, basically. So I get so frustrated when you run into people who are like, wait, but do I need YC? (laughs) That's the same as saying, do I need college? Yeah. So what
0: did you guys spend like the initial funding on? This created your offices in Brooklyn, New York, right?
1: Is that where it was utilized? First, we were basically just all living together. And then the offices, we, we lived together in Menlo Park. And then when we raised our angel round, I I didn't want to be in New York. So basically to apologize for me that they wanted to be in New York, they still, they only got an apartment in New York, but they also let me get a house in Malibu. So we had like a beach house. It was pretty cool. Yeah. I actually love that house. And uh, then we were all living there too, but then it just kept on growing. Like after we raised $15 million, we still didn't want to move. So we ended up actually getting the entire penthouse wow. of an apartment building. Uh, it's actually an apartment building that belongs to Jared Kushner. Wow. And the building started getting mad. They were like, okay, you gotta move to a real office. And then we moved to a real office right around the time that I left. Is that in Brooklyn? It's the other Brooklyn. It's I, the place I live is where our OG office was in Williamsburg. Okay. Now it's in Gowanus. In general tech stuff, though, office is not, a lot of people in Y Combinator spend it just on where they live uh, because, uh, you know, why not? That way it's like, you know, tax-free perk. But um, in general for startups, your only expense is salary. That's the only thing to raise money for. Yeah. And um, if you have people who are willing to just work for equity, you basically never need to raise money. Okay, so back to Rap Genius,
0: who were a couple of your first investors outside of Y Combinator, say such as rappers who were annotating their own lyrics and came in and saw this project that it was booming
1: and wanted to invest themselves? Ashton was our first investor. The, the first guy who we pitched to, I forgot his name, Ron Rofe Ron Rofe. He's like an Israeli baller. He like <laughs> you know, he gets tables at all the nightclubs. So we pitched to him just because we, we were like, this guy's cool. We want him to invest just so he'll be cool. And then he said no. He tried to get like a low ball. He, got, he tried to get a low ball deal. Oh, no. Uh, but then I think he hooked us up with Ashton. He was homies with Ashton. Well, also, Ashton was really into it at Demo Day. He came to Demo Day. And then he said the reason why he decided to invest is he was mentoring an R&B singer. Yeah. And then- Right when they were, he was talking with his partner about Rap Genius, right when they were talking about us, the kid he was mentoring sent him a Rap Genius link. Okay. Not even about the site. Uh, it was big, He wanted to tell him uh, Lil Wayne gave you a shout out on his new song. Like Lil Wayne mentioned Ashton Kutcher on his song Blunt Blow In. Yeah. Yo, check it out. Lil Wayne talks about you in this song. And then he sent him a link to the rap genius annotation. That's awesome. Of the song. So he was our first investor. He invested a, a good valuation. He allowed us to get um, other celebrity. He He's the one, I think his partner is the one who introduced us to Troy Carter. Troy Carter is like the biggest music industry tech baller. He knows all of the music industry people. And then he introduced us to Nas. Okay. And like Nas investing That's kind of what the site has turned into. We built verified accounts for Nas, and now that's what people know. A lot of people don't even know Genius is a community. They just think it's where artists go and make a video telling you what their lyrics mean.
0: Yeah, so who can go on Genius and annotate?
1: Uh, You sign up and you start annotating stuff. That's just if you're a fan. You You can annotate the new Playboy Cardi song or whatever. Yeah. And if you're a rapper, even if you're just a up and coming, getting started, you can go put up your lyrics and, uh, and, uh, annotate them. And if you're, if you're even somewhat legit, like, you know, if you have a SoundCloud and stuff, we'll give you a verified account, but it's still not the same as like the verified account that Nas and Eminem get. Yeah. Gotcha. that's all the product on the site. Like I'm saying, a lot of people don't even know that exists anymore. Nowadays, Genius is most popular for the YouTube channel. Yeah. And the YouTube channel is just basically a first-person interview with a famous artist behind a yellow screen, and they tell you what the lyrics mean.
0: What's What's your opinion on the videos? Do you think it's very beneficial towards the site? Do you like it?
1: I'm all about verify. I, so I, I, I'm just trying to make it so that everyone is using the product too. Absolutely. I definitely don't, I don't, I don't think there are many videos for people who don't use the product. Yeah. I think we at least do some lip service. Like if we want to make a video with someone hot, we at least get them to sign up and, and write some stuff on the site too. Yeah. But I wish it was more based on that. Like that's, Basically, that's my job. I don't get paid by Genius, but you know, I'm still a big shareholder. And I'm just kind of the face of the site. I'm the, I'm the only founder who's active on Instagram. So a lot of rappers, like every day I have like, you know, popular rappers hitting me up. Like, <laughs> let me do a video. Let me do a video. And I'm like, okay, go put up your lyrics. And if they get a million views, we'll do a video. Yeah they're like, wait, I can put it up. I I, I can sign up. Like no one even knows you can do that anymore.
0: Yeah. For me, I, I am a early 20 and I'm realizing that the videos are gaining a lot of hype currently. And a lot of my friends and especially around universities, that is like what's talked about because you gain a lot of intimacy between your favorite artist, and I was wondering, how do they select the artist, if you you know personally, how do they select the artist for the videos now?
1: It's what's hot, but it is also based on what's trending on the site. Okay. Uh, If it was up to me, it would only be like, basically the rule that I think there should be is we interview anyone who gets a million views. Uh, On Genius, Yeah, that basically puts you in the top 1%. Yeah. And then if something if something is popular on Genius and it's just generally hot, then those should be the featured videos. Yeah. Like one thing that I like is it still isn't just like tip top. Like we do a lot of videos that never make the front page. So that's cool just to have like have it still be kind of crowdsourced. For sure. But then people like it because it's it's elite. That's why they like it more than just putting up their own lyrics. Yeah. It sucks. It's it's the same reason like with Everpedia, I'm like, make your own page. And they're like, why can't I make a Wikipedia? I say, because Wikipedia will delete it. And they're like, well, I don't want a page unless Wikipedia decides I deserve it. But people are addicted. People are still, you know, the cool thing about the internet is you don't need to have the person up top tell you everything like we can just tell each other stuff but then people still crave the media aspects people want to be told what to do like reddit uh tried to launch a site called upvoted they basically wanted a site where they tell you what the best stuff on reddit is Mm -hmm. and that never took off uh i think like the reddit they're they're too much about the crowd so people got kind of felt kind of hostile towards the reddit media site but that's basically what verified is for us verified is like our version of Upvoted.
0: yeah so i don't think a lot of people understand but genius is not just lyrics you guys offer you also offered like poetry and books and different plays is that correct what what did you guys offer besides the lyric side besides the music
1: well uh, yes and no yeah when I, when i was there so when uh When Andreessen Horowitz invested, they actually wrote a long essay. Uh, Andreessen wrote a long essay about how he wants Genius to become the universal annotator. Yeah, And he said he wanted annotation built into Mosaic. And, but then we never got a lot of uh, traffic with non-lyric stuff. And then with the web annotator side of like being able to annotate stuff that's not even on the site, we actually got some hostility. Like there was a guy who built something called genius defender. He built something that it it blocked people from being able to use genius to annotate your blog or your website. So it still is around like even, even the web annotator still exists, I think. And then all of the, the Bible and the poetry and, you know, the great works of literature are still all up up on the site, but it's basically not what we advertise. Yeah. If you go to the app, if you go to the homepage, it basically makes it seem like all we do is lyrics.
0: Yeah. So how did you guys, just the three of you, going to kind of back to the start, so how did you guys first initially launch this idea? Was it, you guys created that, I know you had that rap in mind. Did you just launch that on a website because Alon knew how to program websites? Tom, not Tom Newhouse.
1: Tom, yeah. So I thought when we first talked about it, I was a blogger. I had a blog that had kind of like a cult following. So I I came up with the name. I I decided it should be named Rap Exegesis. Yeah. That was the name for like six months. I thought we could just have a blog that goes through and gives you like a funny nerd annotation of our favorite rap songs. And each post is just a new song. Yeah. And then it was uh, right around then, someone had written a Wikipedia article about the song Regulators, where they like, they, in like academic sounding uh, diction, they tell you what happens in this song, Nate Dogg and Warren G regulate. It's like a classic West Coast song. Yeah. So I was cracking up. You know, Wikipedia obviously ended up taking it down, but it was trending on Reddit. I was cracking up. So I thought we could do something like that. I totally didn't think about putting up a separate website. I didn't even know how that's done. And then also, I didn't know that uh, you have to pay. You have to pay server costs. Yeah. But for the first six months, Tom was paying the server costs uh, out of his pocket. And they weren't that much. It was like, you know, a hundred bucks a month. Yeah. But I wouldn't have made it. I wouldn't have even paid $5. Yeah. But then you don't need to do that. Like if you, these days, there's so much competition. Like, you know, there's, when we did it, basically there was only AWS. And then now uh, Microsoft has Azure and then Google launched the server thing. So if you want to start a site, what I would recommend, unless, unless your dad's really rich and you can do what Tom did, you can just email AWS or Azure and give them a pitch of your site, and they'll, they'll give you at least uh, $5,000 for free. And then if you do Y Combinator or Mucker, they'll usually hook you up with one or two years for free.
0: Why is it, do they, do they have to see like fate in your company? Do they have to see that there's a potential or do they just do that?
1: Yeah, well, they're just trying to get clients because uh, once you start building, now that there's competition, uh, they want to lock you in. Because once you start building on one of these, it's really, really hard to move. You start yeah. building on AWS because they gave you a good deal for free. And then once you blow up, you're stuck for life. You're paying them 20K a month, 30K a month.
0: Oh, so so do they you still love. have a stake in the company then for, forever?
1: Yeah, well, Genius is still on AWS. We're probably paying, Okay. you know, if I had to guess, I would guess like, Twenty thirty thousand
0: dollars a month. Okay. So genius. It started as not really a company. You guys saw this as a project. You guys, and then it just randomly transformed after being successful.
1: I did. I didn't know anything about Y Combinator either. Yeah. But Tom. Was, so we started in two thousand nine, which was the year that Y Combinator started. Yeah. Tom knew about it. Tom was into Hacker News. That's kind of how he had been inspired to learn how to code. Okay. He was a big Hacker News person. He was a big Stack Overflow person. So he really wanted to get into Y Combinator and he had built other apps too. Like right before uh, Genius, he built an app called BetterMetroNorth.com. Okay. Which is basically the better version of MetroNorth.com. That's the site that gives you the train schedule for the train that goes from New York City to Connecticut. Yeah. So he was like, wait, should I apply with Better Metro North? Should I apply with Genius? So then he, like, last second, he decided to apply with Genius, and then we got rejected. Ooh.
0: So if you can share one piece of advice to an aspiring entrepreneur who's, like, going into the tech world and kind of wants to start their own platform online, and it's something that you might not have done, what, what would you recommend?
1: My, my biggest philosophy, like, basically my mission is to get rid of people who are like, I have a great startup idea. Mm -hmm. Let me show you the pitch deck. I'm looking for a technical co-founder. Like that's BS. That's startup faker BS.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, I don't like pitch deck is useless. Genius never even had a pitch deck until we wanted to uh to raise our series b and like one of the investors asked for one we were like oh we've never even had one of these we just have a site with millions of people using it. yeah uh and that's what you need you basically need tom, tom built it in 24 hours you need to code you need to build it in 24 hours no one else is going to build your idea you're never going to find a technical co-founder And like the worst is thinking you can pay someone to build it for you. And this is most startups, the majority of startups that raise money, even millions of dollars, they're like, okay, we're gonna go and hire a CTO. You're never gonna hire a CTO. Those are all the startups that fail. Like every single one that's like, okay, we have the pitch deck, we just raised $10 million. Now we're gonna hire a CTO. Those are the ones that they never even get the project off the ground.
0: Well, learning what you had to say about Genius and kind of the inspiration and the funding behind it was super interesting to me. And I can't wait for the listeners to hear this because it is really interesting how the journey has really moved along from 2009 all the way until now. And I really appreciate you coming on the podcast with me today. It means a lot.
1: Yeah, dude, it's a pleasure.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode. For more, please subscribe to Starting Small Podcast or follow Starting Small Pod on social media platforms.